Welcome to She's Not Doing So Well. It's a podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Jim. What is this? Non-fat, sugar-free, two pump. The tongue is, my tongue is in my throat and I cannot get it. I'm going to try to limit the fucks to ten. Love it. Honey. I'm just so awkward at this. God. Hello, everybody, and welcome to She's Not Doing So Well. I'm Bobby. I'm Jim. Thank you for coming back, and thank you to all of our new listeners. I think we have quite a few after that daddy episode. The daddy episode started, then we went to that Saturday fun day. I almost just said Sunday fun day. <laughs> yep. Sunday fun day was also fun. It was fun. And informative. And informative and interesting. We could have been more organized, and I admit that I could have been more organized, and we've all talked about it already. Oh, we have. I haven't. Yeah, you have. On, we I talked... haven't gotten to trash you about that yet. Well, go ahead and trash me then, bitch. You need to be more organized. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, I want it to be random for everybody, but the reality is, as the host... The people don't want it to be random. Like, we need to know what's going on. Right. And even give them a pre, like, we're going to talk about... Like, this is the topic in general. Right. And then it we're going to be... ask questions about it. Right. Because otherwise I was like, let's talk about what's something the government should right. make illegal. And they're like, and like what? what? We just talked about being our five-year-old self and seeing your <laughs> vagina. And then, or like, right. that's what one of those. That would be Paula weird. Or that Pamela. would be a strange thing. It would be, honestly, to see your body as a, now as a five-year-old. Honey. Yikes. Oof. Mind trip. Um, so you're fresh off a flight, honey, right off that got, airplane. I got back from Music City. I oh, think it's called that. It's still there? Nashville. Oh, yeah. It's still there. They are Nashville proud or strong. I'm not sure what the phrase is, but yeah, the tornadoes kind of hit Did hard. Did you see any? I didn't because I was in a part of downtown that wasn't hit, but like okay. right near downtown was definitely damaged. And then my sister said she's on the east side also damaged like she's driving around you notice it and it's just that i think the people in the city are coming together even when i went to lunch um on friday i went to this place called the green pheasant it's like a japanese style place it was really good chuck are you in japanese no what what so but like the bartender was telling me about some of the damage she's seen and then a person down the bar was like, hey, if you know anyone in this service industry who needs help, I can get them $1,600 in their pocket within a day. Like anyone. Like it's not, there's no, you know, there's no um, interest. I will just get them the cash, help them rebuild, and then they can pay back oh, when they can. Wow. And it was just like, she just heard the bartender talking to me. So it wasn't, she wasn't even involved. Wow. So like everyone in the city, I think, Starting is thinking to, about it. Yeah. They're I mean, all trying to help. It's, that's a lot. It's a lot of people. I mean, over 20 people were killed. Like, it's... it's scary. Yeah, because it came in the middle of the night, and a lot of people didn't hear the sirens, the alerts. Like, everyone was asleep. So most people right. were asleep, so... Well, I'm a psychopath, because I texted your sister, who's down there right now. <laughs> that's why you were there, right? Right. So, I texted her ass, and I was like, are you alive? And... <laughs> She's like, no. She's like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, oh. No, she was really sweet. But I was like, sorry. I know. Like, I'm Hopefully not she even. didn't lose her phone. I'm not even a part of your family. Like, I, <laughs> but here I am. Like, I had her number from when we talked to her on 
Oh really? The podcast. Yeah. Oh, so then yeah. I was like, I was like, hey, you know, are you safe? Oh my god, that was back yeah. in season one. I forgot. Yeah. So anyway, I'm glad to hear that you had a good time. Yeah, Nashville. Like- but it's fun. Like everyone was still in a celebratory mood. There were tons of batch and bachelorette parties. Ugh. I mean, yeah. Those little pedal carts. The pedal carts are everywhere, and everyone's just oh screaming. Why do you want? Why do you want a screaming? fucking pedal? I don't. I don't know. Like I'm sorry. I want to do work while I'm drinking. Right. No. Like let's just go in a. Let's go to a bar and sit. Let's just walk to the next bar. Why do we have to sit on a fucking stool thing and then they all get off the thing? They go do. It's like no. I don't. I don't get it. I do not get it. I don't get it. I mean, sorry. I know there's some bachelorettes out there that probably have done this. I'm going to one in August. I hope I don't have to do it, but I probably will. Maybe you'll have Corona and you won't have to. Yeah. That's true at that point. I mean, you might have it now because you just got off a plane. Who knows I could what that have plane it. Was. I know. I got to watch out the next 14 days. If I get sick, I'm going to get tested. Oh, and then you, you know. Then I'll have to be quarantined, and then you might have it right now, too. I know. I'm I feel like I was a little tired from you. today. Oh, you got it. You got it through the phone or something. Everybody's going to get it through their phones. That's true. Do you know that? Like, you're going to touch. <gasps> when do you? How often do you clean your phone? Seriously. like if, Never. Right. Nobody ever does. It's dirtier than a toilet seat, like for sure. It's disgusting. I need to get wipes. Yeah, we need wipes. <sighs> Goodness, it's gonna stress me out. You're um, still, I know. More and more people are getting it. It's coming. Well, and then a good thing that I joined the fucking gym. That's fun. You're gonna <sighs> get I'm it gonna there. Get corona, I'm gonna get Corona there. Like every machine, you're like the steam room is just putting out like Corona steam. I thought that. I was like, I really want to get in the steam room, but I was like, I feel like if there's one person there that coughs and has it, then it's going to float oh. in particles for days. <laughs> days and it's days. It's like just a Corona, yeah, corona, <laughs> corona sprout. Steam. Yeah. Sprout? Sprout. I don't know what I was trying to say. The Corona. What's that thing that in Geyser? Yosemite, yeah. Oh, okay. What else? A geyser. Is there another uh, name for that? Steam Sprout. I'm not sure. I'm making this. Steam Sprout. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> made that up yeah i know um but that's fun are you rock climbing now i'd love to see you climb a rock um first of all i cannot rock climb even when i was in shape i was like just awkward for me i felt like i was always gonna fall backwards which is i did some of that this weekend because our airbnb had a rock wall in it and i was like no yeah i was i was rock climbing I went like oh halfway God. up and panicked and I like was like, drunk. I'm going to fall backwards. Like we just went out for the night. Let's get on the rock wall. We did. It was like 9 p.m. I, I was like, mean... let's do the rock wall. <laughs> I don't know why, let's but do we shots. did. Let's get weird and let's, <laughs> let's do the rock get wall. Weird and nashy nash. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, so I'm going to do the gym. That's good. I'm Plus your company like, pays you. So right. it's and worth it. It is worth it. And it's time. Like, I feel like it's time. It's and, you time. And Michael's been going for a while and I'm starting to notice results on him a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, when I it was the other night. I was like, oh, you're looking like kind of thinner. And he's like, oh. really? And he's starting to get like buff. <gasps> wow. So I'm like, you know what? I got to step up my put pussy that i don't have that was mean bussy my bussy you do need to step up your bussy i do so i'm like you know what doing go to, it going to lifetime lifetime fitness honey people are gonna come up to you and be like i heard you on the radio i heard you like on this podcast yeah <laughs> like, okay lady I'll let s- me exercise in peace all i'm trying to do is exercise like god this is why i've got to move to california <laughs> yeah. like all these amateurs you can go for little jogs on the venice beach boardwalk oh, jesus christ which- no. Which you're not You'd jogging. Run you're fast. running for your life. You're running fast. You're running for your life. <laughs> we just sound like two fucking assholes, but sorry. But sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not fucking sorry. So also this weekend. What? We what? went not to take <gasps> over the conversation, we went to Hump Festival. 
I'm so jealous. It actually is pretty good. So, so where is it and what is it? So I thought it was like a real festival. Yeah. It's not. It's like oh. a movie. You might as well just call it like Hump Movie. Like 20. you're going to see a movie. Yeah. It's oh, like a, okay. Yeah. So you go there. You're sitting in like the seats for the movie. Oh. You can drink beer at the one of the places here. So you're just sitting there. And it started, and I was like, oh, this is, like, legitimate. I thought someone was going to come in with, like, a microphone, like, welcome to Hump. Like, right. And, like, like introduce it. Sort of, yeah. It was, like, it's Dan Savage, which there's a lot of opinions about him. I'm not even going to go there. Ugh. Um, ugh, ugh. I know. But it was a really, actually, for Prop- takeaway Dan Savage, Yeah, the actual event, you basically sit in a room with all your best friends and watch porn. And it's, Aww. like, it's, like submitted porn by other people so like people so it's all amateur amateur but like they try to make it look i don't know how to describe it. it's just different different stuff that you wouldn't normally see so Oof. what did you see what was one that was memorable one that was memorable actually was this couple the guy was hot mm. shocker that's the one I, oh there was two actually but the one they were doing the shocker so the, it's been 15 years it was the 15 year anniversary of hump so they were like going back in time with the best the best in show they were called or they were calling like the best of the year and they were going to try to recreate them so they're like laying in bed and they're like well we could always try and then they would go into <laughs> it it was so funny because they're like normal people like it's all normal people that's the other thing i like about it it's like i mean most of the guys have pretty big dicks because i don't feel like you're going to be on there if you don't have a big dick do you know what I mean? Like on in a, yeah. any kind of video that's going to be it, shown on screen. That seems to be true. But also, but like, though, think about the Montreal strippers. Right. There's very normal. It was very just like it wasn't like regular porn where it's like, oh, here's a rock hard body and a huge dick and, and the girls nice like ass moaning and, and like and everybody, oh yeah, God. and the girls hot with fake tits and yeah. a tight little. I almost said the worst thing. Oh, <laughs> I almost said the word. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. We'll let them imagine what you would have said. That tight little blank. Send me a message with the real one. I'll send you some swag, bitch. Beep. Yeah. Uh, so it was just cool, though, because it was all like amateur people who are normal and regular bodied. And, oh, I like that. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. Body was, positive. I saw a lot of vagina and a lot of dick. Well, there and you go. And assholes. And in-betweens. All of it. So it was very good. Like, I recommend it. So, again, if you... Hmm. It's traveling the country. Like, it just travels. I guess it was protested in somewhere, and they didn't get to show it. Wow. Yeah. Because mom's against something. Mom's against fun. Yeah, but who are these moms? Because, like, my sister's a mom, and I'm like, she would never march in front of this thing. She'd be like, I don't have time. I know. Aren't moms busy? What mom is is it the one? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. The moms that have free time. Yeah. What free time are you having, mom? I I mean, I see my sister, and she can't even breathe. She can't even even FaceTime me for more than, like, no. Can you imagine being a mom and having to take a shower? Oh, like, and you have a little kid no, that like, you can't even sit up. Can you imagine having three kids and having to take a shit? Oh, and being like, never, uh, never. You watch your little brother and the baby. Well, the baby's going to cry. And then the baby. Yeah. Can you imagine? No, I don't want to. No, I don't either. That makes me. The hor- next time you're sitting in the bathroom for half an hour. Remember that. Horrifying. Shout yeah, out like to I'm the moms. Sh- shout out moms. Because all I do is sit on Instagram and you're, the, you're basically trying to take the fastest shit of your life. So every time we really appreciate all the moms out there and it's national women's day today. So it is international you. or international. I said national. Well, yeah, you just tried close. to limit it. Yeah, no, I wasn't limiting it. I mean, it's pretty bad that it's on the shortest day of the year. I don't want to mansplain to you, but it's international women's day, international man, mansplaining day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Uh, Wow. Wow. So happy International Women's Day to all the fine ladies in your life. Wow. And in the world. Yeah. All the moms. All the moms. Sisters. All the sisters. Sis. 
cis, cis and, and trans. All of it. All of that. And whatever kind of a woman you are. That's right. Oh. Thank you. So, so also, also this episode. This episode goes deep. Gets deep. It gets real deep. We want to be kind of silly at first. It doesn't get it's not bad deep. It's oh no, just, it's like the it's best. It's really good conversations and the really good conversations that you should have with all your friends of color or yep. who are different than you, including, you know, I mean it could be anybody trans, yeah. anybody these are the kind of things. This is the kind of conversation that I envisioned when I started the podcast. Honestly, I know that's what I kept thinking. That was when we were talking. I was like, "This is it." Wow. Me too. Like I was so... like, "This is what I, I want to hear the truth, regardless of." I don't know because I was nervous. Like I, and yeah, they, and they knew it. They're like, "I know." Well, we all were. Yeah, Eric was like, "Listen, this is you're fine. This is a safe space. Like, ask whatever question you want to." So I, we started loosening up. I mean, we recorded for almost two hours. So I know, but that's why I was saying like. I remember when we were recording, I was like, well, it's hard to have these conversations when you're in a bar or like when you're, you know, right. like you want people to be aware that you're thinking about right, it like and I'm... you want to meet them where they are. But it's also like when there's loud music and people have been drinking and you have your little friend group and they have their click and it's like, do I, how do we bridge the gap? I think you have to like set up sessions yeah. almost like honestly, like set a it, date it with would some be friends best for and be like, let's yeah. just talk. You want it to happen organically, but I don't think it always does. And like maybe it doesn't need to. Right. And I'm almost thinking like maybe it doesn't need to be a set where you sit down because after that conversation all week long, I've been thinking about it. Like, yeah, all week long about just the simple things that and I will say this like there's I'm not going to give away the whole interview, but there was a part where Brandon said, um, that he carries his receipt when he walks out of the grocery store. And I cannot stop thinking about that because the reason why he does it is because he thinks that if, first of all, somebody might think he's just Someone stealing, he's taking the things. Yeah. But if like the alarm goes off, or something, he always wants them to know that he bought this shit and here's my receipt. And meanwhile, I'm just walking out. <laughs> I threw out my receipt already. I don't even get one. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't need one. Yeah. Like, and what? I, it really put me into check. Yeah. It's like, Wow. Yeah, like little, that, little you'll that notice that one, now that you're thinking yes, about it, you're going to notice little things your every day. You're going to be like, "Oh, wait a second. Wow, just this is so different for me because I'm a white guy." Right. So like it, it really makes you not appreciate but just sort of like take into account all the things that people are going through sort of and it makes you sort of realize how lucky you could be in your situation and you shouldn't take advantage of that. A, but B, you should also help uplift others if you're in that position. Yeah. I let, wow that eliminate was, the privilege right so that's what we're gonna so the title's black and gay is basically what i was saying the whole time um like all the intersections of yeah that. yeah well, explain that real quick because i was trying to intersectionality is that what? yeah i think it's just uh, the idea is you're looking at things from i would say different angles so you're not just like pigeonholing someone into okay well you're black and gay now tell us about that experience and describe it how it is for everyone who's black and gay. You're looking at like maybe class, education level, even like religious background. I mean, there's just so many different intersections that you can dissect and dissect, talk about. Yeah. yeah. So that's what and, we kind of tried to do. See how they inform each other. Right. So we did. I think we did a great job of that. Yeah. I, I really again, I really enjoyed the conversation with the guys and we really appreciate it. Um, so what we're going to do is going to a little commercial break and then when we come back from the commercial, we'll play the audio. This episode is brought to you by Podcorn. Have you seen Podcorn? 
The Popcorn? No, Podcorn. It's a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Oh, so it eliminates the middleman. Yes, and you never give up any rights to your podcast, and your podcast has great support. Wow, it sounds like there's a lot of transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how you monetize. Exactly. Check out our show links to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. So I want to talk about being black, but oh. also being gay. <laughs> Jump right into it. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a. We're gonna talk about. That's why we're here. I want to listen a lot because I'm. I don't do questions very well. You're, you have questions. You can ask. This is a safe space. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. How safe? Uh, you say kind How of. How safe is it? Actually, it's not a safe space. No seatbelts. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just be right. Ooh. Oh, that's right. Wow. Um, <laughs> and Pete, would you check? Uh, so yeah. I'll start. Uh, my, uh, my name is Brandon, and I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and I moved here um, in 2008. <laughs> Uh, just uh, yeah, just here from school. Uh, here for school. Sorry about I that. I didn't know you were a transplant. Oh yeah, yeah. Houston, Texas, for eighteen years, and I'm not a not a homesick person. So I was like, ah, why not? Let me just kind of move in. Houston is hot. Literally, literally, literally. Like the people or the temperature. Ugh, just Beyonce. That's a lot of things. Probably the people, but like the probably temperature the for me is very. <laughs> I can't make it. You're there sweating very long. right now, and I you're know. sitting <laughs> by an open window. Right. And it is, Wow, it's actually 48 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a homesick person. And then um, I knew that at a young age, I'm like, okay, hey, I know I'm I'm pretty much into guys. So this was a thing that I wasn't really trying to uh, show my parents or have a conversation with them about. So that also prompted the move. And then my dad was like, hey, well, if you go to this certain college, I can come up every single weekend. So I'm like, mm, uh, yeah, mm, that's no. That's a no for me. So, yeah. And so that was, is pretty <laughs> much what solidified the decision to move. What here. age were so, you when you knew? Because Bobby knew when he got put on the shoulders of a ex-football player. No, a soldier. <laughs> soldier. Oh, yeah. a soldier. What age was How that? old were you, Bobby? I was like six. I was in first grade <clears throat> i think about the same age actually. and i knew yeah i didn't know but so i knew he's. something was different you knew i yeah, know it's like ah, so same younger yeah same uh like i would want to say around the same time because then i i just knew like uh princess jasmine was the biggest fucking thing at the time exactly yeah uh no princess jasmine big oh. as fuck and just like uh when it comes to playing the girl characters it was always a thing and uh, the Barbies, not that these things are exclusive for gay men, right. but it's just kind of, uh, from my experience, it just kind of more so shifted towards the, these certain things and kind of got in that way. Um, I used to play the B word. Barbies. What's Me that? too. Oh. Oh. With my I sister. Like, I'd be like, what is that? Rachel, I play the B word and she's like, Barbies. Yeah, I played it with my cousin and it was like all the time. Oh, I loved it. We'd go in the basement. Barbie in the City. basement yeah Listen, I, I had hollywood hair were in the basement they had a finished basement you know oh. that type oh you have a finished basement bobby yes okay do you have barbies down there you actually have drag though down drag there, box. So it's a little more gay that's like real barbie yeah, exactly. <laughs> real life-size barbie. barbies hey i'm eric i'm from worcester ohio whatever um and i came to columbus for grad school i guess the last part yeah. of it okay and then yeah. i've been here ever since so i work here um 
My experience was a little bit different, I'd say. I didn't know from a young age. I mean, looking back in hindsight, I could kind of see different things, but um, I kind of came out or had my first experience when I was in college, and I had fallen in love with a good friend, and then, then yeah, it kind of opened me up to things I didn't know, and then once that kind of happened, there wasn't any going back. Um, yeah, I didn't know necessarily from an early age, but when I look back, I did did play with Barbies. I was yeah, I mean, but I was kind of I did a lot of things, so I yeah. was a little and and it's and it's kind of normal for kids to do that up until like twelve, thirteen anyway. So right, um, I didn't really think anything of it, and I had really great parents, so they just kind of let me do what I wanted did to do. Did you have any do. crushes like in? Like, cause I distinctly remember yes. seventh grade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just was interested hair. in people, but then I thought I just wanted to be friends with them. I oh, didn't necessarily okay. know that I was mm. like more physically attracted, but I had like, I just had interest. I think I wanted to be their friend. And then like some of the people on TV, like I remember like uh, Will Smith was someone that I really was interested mm. in. And so that was like one of my first crushes, I guess <laughs> when I was younger, but, mm. and so I didn't really know it was a crush, but looking back and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Getting jiggy with that it. was that. Yeah. Na, 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 Was that Men in Black or what was that? That was getting jiggy with it. That was that. I remember when that came out. The Men in Black, yeah. I would watch that movie over And no one really likes his rap, but I did the wrong movie. I didn't like him as a rapper. Sorry. You wanted cuss words, didn't you? Yeah, I was like, what are we This isn't real. Welcome to Miami. I don't like traps. I don't like City Girls. Like, where'd the bag at? Period. All right. Period. Our next guest. <laughs> My name is Gino. I'm originally from the east side of Columbus. Uh, I recently relocated back here after about almost two decades of being away. At the age of, actually, when I was in preschool, I remember um, during nap time going off to the coat room and kissing a young man who is actually, who is gay as well. Um, mm. I see him occasionally when I go out. Oh. He's Gino has cute. always been kind of fast. He's yes. not as cute. Yes, Gino. I live. But, um, Gino's a thought. Yes. And so, Don't slut shame. Gino no, thought about I did it. preschool. I'm no. jealous. Start him young. But yeah, so by, by definitely Train remember like making out with him a couple of times during during nap time. And then, wow. And then kind of suppressing Where was your those. teacher? Public school. Oh, yeah. Did y'all yeah. wear a coat? Noted. Was, it, was, it, was there a coat worn in the coat room? <laughs> no. Um, no coat being worn. <laughs> oh I didn't have God. any real action until I was 16. Um, I was actually on a conference for a youth organization I was a part of, and a slightly older man kind of lured me into his room, yeah. and into his hotel room, and we had our first interaction. And I remember it's when gone. that transpired. I felt there was like a lot of distaste in my mouth for it. Uh, well, there was a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, literally, was going yeah. in we weren't going we there. Weren't going there it depends on his diet. Yes, yeah. what I'm saying. Right, he was not eating enough fruit. Right, <clears throat> but then I remember <laughs> once that transpired, going back to my girlfriend at the time and just like being like so in love with her, and then her and I we broke up, and then there was a young man that was like a close friend, and then we. Ended up scratching and tickling, and then at seventeen, I kind of knew that I was into men. What do you mean bad bad taste? Was it because you had a girlfriend at the time, or because he was mm. older? Like, do you ever look back on that and think like this older guy preyed on me, or do you feel like mm. it was <clears throat> you were totally into that experience and that was okay? I think I have to claim the experience. I don't yeah. feel like I was raped or anything because mm-hmm. I was sixteen. 
I was in Washington, D.C. actually for a conference. Um, when I was in high school, I used to be selected to go represent various organizations. And so I was at a professional conference. And I think that this man thought that I wasn't, you know, maybe 16, maybe right. like in college. And we were at the JW Marriott actually in D.C. And he <clears throat> I ran into him in the lobby. He was like, hey, I have some chicken wings. I'm about to go up to my room. Do you want to um, come up? And I was like, sure. Things kind of led quickly. And then I remember at that moment, just not um, fully enjoying it. Oh. And Did you kind of know that that might happen or what he was inviting you yeah, up like for at that yeah. time? I don't think I was as naive, but then I think I was more so curious. And okay. since I wasn't, I wasn't in my own space, I'd never had to worry about seeing this man again. Right. Um, I mean, looking back, I could have, I mean, been drugged and, and done, mm. you know, way worse. That's sad, yeah. but true. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of experience. I mean, now trust me, that a lot like, of us have had those kind of, but now I kind of think back on that and I'm like, when I was 16, right. Once I started actively interacting with men, I had a fake ID at 16 anyway. And so I was already being exposed to like going out and hanging out in, in, in parties and stuff like that. People. And I wasn't uh, drinking okay. or doing drugs. I just enjoy just being out. Yeah. Let's talk about your coming out process then. Is this something, so you moved away from Houston not yeah. to have the conversation. Is this something that has been talked about since? Uh, yeah, it's been talked about uh, since. I think... The move kind of was just like, ah, I'm just going to kind of do my thing over here. Uh, but then there were people from my certain my specific high school that came all the way uh, with me. So even still, I just kind of felt uneasy about doing certain things or even dating. And then um, my coming out story was was not necessarily me coming out, I guess. Uh, I put something on Facebook as far as like, hey, I'm interested in men. I thought I had it very selective as far as like who could see it and kind of private, but I didn't. And I found that out quickly. Uh, so I know my, uh, my had a lot of missed calls from like family and I was just kind of looking like, oh, well, something's going on. And so I called my sister back because then she usually just kind of tells me quickly yeah, what's going on what rushing around it. Uh, so yeah, she doesn't say hi. She doesn't say, Hey, how's it going? She's, she immediately just goes in and she's like, Hey, are you gay? And I was like, Oh, kind of like, wait, what? And so it just kind of catches me off guard. And I'm just like, uh, she's like, well, Facebook says that you're interested in men. I'm like, uh, so I didn't necessarily deny it, but I didn't necessarily claim it. I'm just like, well, I guess if that's what it says, then. <laughs> I mean, if that's what Facebook says, it's going to go with news. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so I knew what my dad was calling for. So the next day, like, um, like, yeah, I called him back and I was like, oh, Lord. I, now I kind of know why he's calling. And so he just asked me flat out. Uh, and then I told him yes, and I had my roommate there with me because I'm like, oh, I can't do this by myself. Right. Um, no. So yeah, I, I told him then, but that's not the first time that they knew about uh, me liking men. So in high school, I, <laughs> as most people do in high school, they surf uh, the net. Mm -hmm. You're looking at porn. You forget to erase the history. <laughs> so that happened like when I was 17. I forgot to erase the history. And I remember it being like three in the morning. My dad woke me up and he's just like, hey, it's, I'm like, he's like, hey, come with me uh, really fast. My mom's there, too. And it's like this explicit gay porn. I mean, it's gold, <laughs> gold today. But, yeah, I looked at it. I was like, oh, shit. OK. Wow. 
They're like, is this yours? And I'm like, hmm, it could be my sister's. And so <laughs> I tried to deflect. Um, you know, but no, they, lesbians they, knew, they knew it was mine. That's um, true. So my dad, I never forget, my dad went to, uh, he literally just got his shit, just went to work at like three in the morning. Um, he's a bus driver. <laughs> No, he went to to work at like three in the morning, just got his shit and just left. But my mom actually addressed it. She was like, well, what makes you gay? You can't have a a child with my friend at the time, Ralston. She's like, you can't have a child with Ralston. And I just remember uh, just not saying anything. I didn't answer her. And then when my dad came home, he acted like it never happened. And so it was just kind of like, hey, I'm kind of back where I started and I didn't address it. So I just kind of let it go. But then later when I got into college, that moment, that was when it kind of kicked in like, hey, this is you. And I remember he told me like, hey, you're going to go to hell since he's big into the church scene. He's like, don't come home for Christmas. And so, yeah, I just that Christmas, I did not come home. I just kind of just did my own thing. And I don't know, I just uh, really was just happy with being myself for that moment. Yeah, it was hard, but then I'm just like, I'm glad I did it just because I was able to own my truth. And I was just so fucking tired of just hiding like, oh, you have to do this to please this person do this. And I just think that moment I was just tired of doing that. That makes me feel lucky. Like I never really thought of it because like I came out and it was pretty much fine. And my family was religious, too. So I didn't really know how they would (laughs) respond, react. But like it wasn't really a problem. So like, what are things like with them now? Uh, we're uh, we're better now, like uh, a lot better. It took them a very, very long time to kind of come to grips with, hey, this is who he is. Because I think my dad, he's like, hey, you're my only son. You got to carry on my name. So to him, uh, being gay, you don't want to have kids. You don't want this. And so I do want to have kids eventually, not today. Uh, but no, just uh, it's it's a lot better, and I think they just accept it just because I had to go to war with them like back and forth like over years just to say, hey, this is me, or even uh, take them to task over things like if my sister can mention who she's dating and then I can't, and you say, hey, I don't want to hear about this, so I'm like, well, what's different? Why do right. I have to hide or why do I have to not say anything about somebody I love or I like? just because you're you're not comfortable with this and I'm just got to the point where we just kind of went back and forth just because I wasn't going to put myself back in a closet from your perspective as far as a cultural perspective is that something that's common within the african-american community i won't uh i won't speak for all because then i know it could be different um just depending i will just say just from like my specific experience is something that is looked down upon i remember uh just growing up and my dad and my uncles would kind of make fun of people Mm -hmm. that were gay or say oh look at this guy and so it really was something that i had never planned to say anything about I'm like, I will take this with me to my grave when you die and I'll be there at the headstone. I'll say something then. And I honestly just had that view just because I knew they viewed things so negatively. And I just think um, me being gay is actually pretty good for us now just because uh, they've been able to have that exposure and really see that it doesn't necessarily change too many things. It's like, okay, my sexual orientation is different, but I'm still me. I still joke like this. I still do the things I do. I still can play dominoes. I'm still kind of into sports or right. playing things. So it's, it's, it doesn't really change anything except for my orientation. And you can still carry on the name. Yes, there it is. <laughs> See, hey, 
No, that's something. <laughs> that's exactly like, how I feel. Like exactly the, how I feel. Well, you know, parents think about that. They want grandkids. <laughs> yeah, my mom's like, you were gonna they get do. married to a nice church yeah. girl and have kids, and I'm like, well, I can still marry somebody nice, like a church and boy, kids. and have kids. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. She can. gets it now, but at first, my mom was like, uh-huh. that was her biggest crush. Was like, you're not gonna have kids. It's the end of the line. The plus wasn't even a good line. Is it a bad thing? Well, it needed to stop. It's true. Needs to cut down. Okay, let's not torture the future. <laughs> if there's a feature okay eric what about you what's your story about coming out so i had a couple different coming out stories i guess but so my first interaction was um i kind of was outed so um in college by um a close friend's girlfriend so um i was dating a female at the time we've been together for about seven months and then i had my experience with my friend and then i was like oh i need to be honest i need to share so i shared with the girl that i was dating and so i came out to i didn't guess i didn't come out to her i did, i mean i wasn't didn't identify as gay at that point so I came out to her about what i what had happened and then i told a close friend um that was also a um uh, uh, housemate, and Wait, then what happened when I when I what when I came out to my housemate? Well, you said um you said you told her about what happened. What yeah, happened? so that was really bad. So yeah, she I was, was extremely upset. Like, yeah, and we were pretty serious, I guess. I mean, we had talked about like the future and kids and family, and we but yeah, so it was kind of it was pretty serious, but um yeah, so it didn't go so well. Um, it was really emotional for the two of us like and she was glad that i told her because obviously you know we'd kind of rather know now than it be something that happened but that was definitely around the time where a lot of people were talking about um like like an elon harris books and then like the kind of download culture and stuff in the african-american community so i feel like that kind of played into it and so her mom was pretty pretty upset as well and she was like calling and kind of texting and being kind of inappropriate about stuff just just mean you know and thought i was like you know out there trying to you know fool everybody and and things like that so it didn't go so well but she was happy that i told her how did did you get the feeling that she knew this was like between you two or did you think like oh she's mad and she's gonna go tell people like what well, um, my ex, she told her family, and she yeah. said she told her family because she didn't want, she wanted to be held accountable, and she didn't want to go back to me. You know, I guess, if okay. that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, anyway, sure, this is kind of personal. but you're close. Yeah. Yeah, so she had told her mom and, like, her sister and stuff who that she was close with, and so they were just upset because they cared about me, and they you yeah. know, accepted me as a part of their family, and so I think they took it as, like, a, you know, a betrayal to them. Okay. Some, so mm-hmm. anyway, and then so I told a, a close friend and then um, he had told his girlfriend and then she had actually started to tell people on campus. And so I was outed. And so um, I think that kind of changed the experience. I really didn't get to control the story or get to come out on my own. It kind of happened for me in terms of school. Um, and that was pretty rough. So it kind of destroyed like all of our friendships almost. I mean, it was just pretty oh. bad because we, you know... <laughs> It just, yeah, it I wasn't mean, really under control. Yeah. So. so, like, you're walking around and you can just, you just feel like people know. Like, everyone knows this part about you that you right. haven't even really shared with them. And there was this, uh, like, website called Juicy Campus. I didn't really know about it at I that time, but Damn. I guess there was, like, a website where you could post things about 
what's going on on campus. Anonymous. So yeah, like, yeah. So <laughs> and it was messy. anonymous, <laughs> and so I didn't ever, I'd never read the stuff, but I was told that yeah, like our story or what people thought the story was, because um, since me and my friend, we've been friends since we were you know kids, and so we um, people just thought like I kind of went to college and I we were I was DL the whole time, and she was like oh. a beard, and I was just doing this whole thing to try to fool everybody. And we all involved, we knew the truth, but obviously, you know, the story that was told on campus was a little more interesting. And so, yeah, a lot of people um, kind of knew, and then the black community is pretty small, and so it kind of spread through that. So definitely changed our college experience. And then I don't think me or my friend were ready to come out. And so it kind of forced us out before we had kind of come to terms with what you know, it was for us. Wow. But then in terms of coming out to my family, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side, with the juicy oh campus, God. did they include your name or your picture with that? I mean, people knew who I was. I oh, mean, shit. and stuff like I ran track. I mean, I was involved in stuff. I was in different Also, even with no stuff, picture, so. they just put your name and just said, hey, this yeah, person. I mean, they, yeah, they put our name. Yeah, like oh, it wasn't, I mean, and our shit. campus wasn't wow. that large that you wouldn't know. And it was certain people that were kind of reading it new. Yeah, I mean, I never read the actual information. I just heard from other people, like, yeah, like, your shit is a mind fuck. I would be <laughs> ruined. Yeah, so I'm emotional. Yeah, like, like that would pretty, be really yeah. hard to go then into public and go, like, walk through campus. Mm. Like, yeah, uh, there's like, a lot hey, of social anxiety. Oh, yeah, what's just, that? Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that social is. Social anxiety. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> oh, God, I looked so, for that. Anyway. But then with your family, it was a different story a little bit. Yeah, so my family, um, it was kind of interesting because I had was dating a female and so she had been home and stuff to meet the family and then a couple months later i was dating a guy and then i kind of dated guys and girls on and off for a couple of years in college but yeah so i when i was going to bring someone home i was like now is a good time so i kind of had came out to them and it went well i wrote my mom a letter i guess and that's kind of how i came out um and it's funny because I think I had more problems with it than they did. Um, so my dad, like one of, so I'm adopted, and so my family is white, and so, but my dad's, you know, one of his best friends is a gay black man. So that was kind of interesting. And then my parents sold their first house to a gay couple. So I had these different kind of messages growing up where it was fine and Not they didn't thing. care. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't think that they were gonna be upset or whatever, but I. I, I think I really thought I was not as good or that I was kind of letting people down or being like a kind of educated black man. Like I should, you know, I'm not going to contribute in the same way because I'm, you know, gay or I'm not, I'm not straight. My mom was sad that I guess I had to go through what I had gone through and she didn't know about it. And I went through it on my own. I mean, I didn't, I had friends, but she, she was just kind of like, you know, are things okay. Like I, that's a lot to go through and I feel bad that I didn't know about it earlier. Yeah. But otherwise, but yeah, but they're great. Like they're you know because well, your parents feel like, flag, I feel like when HRC, I talk to my mom, oh, they were yeah. in this groups too. Well, they joined those groups oh, and their professors. Nice. Like they they teach about stuff. Like they're very like they're pretty awesome. Like that yeah, they're pretty great. That's awesome that you had you knew going into your parent discussion that it was going to be. It's helpful, okay. but like his point. But like, then the but fact I, that right, you do still I go through it on your own, like yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I was more uncomfortable yeah, than right, they yeah. were, and I felt a lot of guilt. I still where we grow up in the society well, we grow up in, our culture is not yeah, yet okay. It's internalized yeah. homophobia, right? Sure. All right, Gino, what's your story then? 
the first person I actually came out to within my family was my little brother. And I felt like I was kind of outed at that time. Uh, my brother and I were nine years apart and I was literally um, living in New Mexico, I'm about to move to Korea. And I came home um, and I met one of his friends and his friend's mother was a lesbian. And she um, went to my brother like the next day and said, hey, how does your brother deal with being gay in the military? And my brother comes to me the next day and was like, so Miss So-and-so said, asked me the question of how do you deal with being gay in the military? And I'm like, well, I am, I am gay Malcolm. And he was like, okay, cool. So um, he ended up telling his mother, um, they're really close um, and she had no issues with it. Um, and then about eight years later is when I actually told my, my actual mother and my um, biological father. Actually, I didn't tell my father. Um, I told my mother, and the only reason I told my mother, um, because my brother was having a child, and my mother was like, well, and I was 30 at the time, and she said, do you plan on having children? And I told her, I was like, well, mom, I'm gay, but I'm interested in having a family. Mm. And um, she was totally fine with it. She was totally fine. Um, the next day, she came back with a couple questions, but um, my family is accepting. Um, I've had other gay people in my family that have come out. And so um, I think the reason why I was just a little bit more distant or not telling them, um, because I'm actually really private when it comes down to like my personal information, even with my family. And I was more so looking forward to bringing home like my boyfriend and saying like, this is my boyfriend um, versus saying like, I don't, I never felt like I needed to come out because I'm my family's favorite. Um, and then my father, you heard it here first. You heard Somebody it. else can sit down and go home. So, <laughs> but then my um, father, it was mainly about two or three years after I told my mother. And um, so my parents are divorced and my brother's mother and my father, they were having some wine and just like hanging out. And my father, um, asked my stepmother or my ex-stepmother hey is gino gay and she said that she tried to deflect the question and um and then maybe like five or ten minutes later he came back and asked the same question um and then she ended up telling him and then i woke up the next morning to text messages from my father and his text message was like i love you i just want grandkids and that was the the conversation and about three years ago, uh, my father passed away three years ago. And um, right before he passed, um, he came to visit me. I was living out of the country and we had about like a three hour conversation of my dealings with men and um, and just him just saying like he was just really supportive of me. So that was my coming out. And then my gift. I haven't had a work coming out. Not that I'm afraid. Um, I think I'm more so I am open, just not out. Um, and so I haven't been in a space of saying like, oh, this is my boyfriend or this is my partner. Um, but my staff, um, they joke with me. Uh, well, there's a couple people in my staff that joke with me about, oh, I need your friend to do so-and-so. And I'm like, okay. Like, y'all, y'all know. <laughs> Not your friend, though. Your friend. Yeah, your friend. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, so that's my, um, my coming out stories. All right. That's awesome. I mean, awesome in a sense that there's a lot, three different stories here. 
So what would you the say? The takeaway is that every Everybody's... every parent wants grandparents. Yeah, great. grandkids. Oh, grandkids. Yeah. grandkids. Sorry. <laughs> every parent wants to be a grandparent. You better bring home a grandparent. Don't fuck this close. up. Now. Like they do. You really heard it here first. You're going to have to edit that one. Right? Yeah, a lot of people want uh I think that's what... Are people like, existent, like in their subconscious, it's like you're thinking about it all the time? So my yeah, mom brings I, it up all the time. But no, that's the whole I mean, point I think of like... That's the denial of death. Not to oh, get deep, but there you go. You're terrified of death. It comes in case you guys time. didn't know, Bobby's afraid of death. There's a book that's called Denial of Death. Yeah. And the whole, the only reason you have kids is to continue your legacy because you don't ever want to die. So it's like you live forever through your children. So I think that's why it's like a natural thing for a lot of people. Like, how, you're not going to have kids. Oh my God. How are you going to live forever? No, but it's like so common. Yeah. Right. I true. really think a lot of people it's like are a thinking about thing it. And like mm-hmm. a, I, yeah, I work. Well, I've talked about it before, but I work with someone who is obsessed with having biological children. And <laughs> Eric over here is adopted. I mean, I think you turn out fine if you're adopted, but yeah, yeah, it's fine. Oh, absolutely. My, my mother's actually not. She has never pressured me for. Oh no, I'm having, sorry. I'm not. No, 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 no I'm yeah. saying just like I'm very fortunate <laughs> in that capacity. This wasn't I was gonna say. I thought <laughs> no. about it. I was like, did he come to mine? No. Uh, no, 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 I'm just thinking like, I'm actually really fortunate because my father was the one that wanted to be a grandparent, but my mother, um, my mother had me late in life. She was 35. And then she also has a lot of friends who don't have children. Mm. Um, 35 in the 80s. That was, <laughs> like, I was like, wait, let's talk about this whole late, late in life, 35. Okay, late, got it. 35 in so the 80s. So she had kids at our age. Right, right. Oh, got it. Yes. Okay. For me like, being 36 years old, yes. I'm like, so, oh. I mean, but in the 80s, it was it was uncommon to, well, right. it wasn't as common to have a child in your, no. your mid 30s. Yeah, yeah. no. But still, um, I mean, it's an advanced maternal it's age. Still, right. It's definitely a thing. Yeah, I mean, but like, I'm glad that she has been. She's never questioned about me being in a relationship or never pressured me in being in a relationship or wanting grandkids. But I think completely different dynamic of my mother's relationship and I. I want to introduce y'all to my dad. We could be talking about water, cases of water. He's like, children love water. I was like, we were not talking about <laughs> Okay. Sure. Yes. Oh, Anything. Yes. Just, children, children love, love that. You know? yes. Babies love water. Children love power and empire and, and all these shows. I'm like, and Game of Thrones. Sure. Okay. Game of Thrones. You see the baby? Yeah. I was like, do you got yeah, baby like, money? Uh, right. Exactly. There it is. Hey. Now I have a question. Oh. Well, first of all, a disclaimer. We're not having three black men on here to represent all of the black community and the entirety of the black gay community. But like we heard a term earlier that I don't think everyone is aware of or has heard of. Down low? Like what's up yeah. with that? What is that? Is it a thing? Is it con- like? Do you agree with that concept of "there's the down low"? I call it straight oh, curious. <laughs> so DL, I always talk about the it. DL. Now, can I ask another question? I'm just gonna fucking throw it out there. Oh, sure. Would you rather be me say the black community or the African American community or like? I think what? black is fine. I like yeah. black community. Okay, I yeah. Okay, it's like that's more PC, I guess. Now, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. just curious because I always I'm like. You know, as bl- saying black, the, I don't know. I know you're nervous. You don't no. want to offend people. Uh, do you know? It's okay. I was just thinking, like, it's okay. it's, I understand. Been, <laughs> and, and you should be a little nervous. You should be a little that. nervous, and that's okay. Yeah. But black is fine. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to ask, though, because then I mm-hmm. think people yeah, don't. Because uh, then I know a lot of uh, different things uh, go for different people. So then I know some people are like, oh, don't call me this. Or some people are like, hey, this is fine. So I think, hey, just ask. And Well, that's and how I kind of approach things, especially with the podcast. It's like, if I don't ask, then I'm not going to know. And then if I 
I don't know, yeah. then I might say something that I shouldn't. Then you get more nervous. Then you get more and then nervous. You're, yeah. like, you're yeah. never going to ask it. And, right. then, and then I drink more. You're trapped in your mind. <laughs> yeah. And then you hit Bethany. And then, <laughs> and then Bethany. Yeah. Are, you, are you hit people? Oh. Bethany's the name of Oh, his oh I got it. I was like, run, Bethany. Bethany, you want to run for This is the time to get your bags? Bethany. So down low. Down low. I mean, we still have not heard an answer. Have you ever heard of Elon Harris? Mm. Just from him. Okay, so and it's actually and there's another book. Like, it, is it King there was the or King, something? There was something on the he, download. And then he was on Oprah. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, I remember then, that. Then, okay, yeah, yeah, then there was a book by Keith somebody who Keith also wrote. Yeah, yeah. 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 Keith I mean, Wiken, so there's several research. Uh, like you can definitely, yeah, like, you can definitely Google it. Yeah, I've looked it up. So actually, I think um, so. I have several mentees out here in the world. And for Christmas, I ended up getting um, Invisible Life by Elon Harris okay. books for them um, because I think it's still relevant. And this, his first book was actually written in 1991. And it kind of just journeys this black man coming out story and dealing with these quote unquote download men. And download is basically just men who are not identifying as gay. You might know the word trade. Come on now. Once again, only from Eric. <laughs> right. <laughs> Injecting a little bit of culture into my life. No. A little I bit mean, of color. But I think that's kind of on the on the same caliber of people who are interacting with men, but they don't want to actually acknowledge interacting with men. So they're mm. keeping it on the down low. Had you heard that term before, Bobby? Down low, yes. Okay. Because you used to do it on Craigslist. Yeah, I was on the down low. Oh, I was. I mean, you, I would yeah, hashtag misconnections. Oh, Come it was Mensing Men and like something else. I don't know. There's another one I used to like. Post. Oh, I know what you're talking about. There were like two different ones you could do. You could do like men seeking men, and yep. then there was and like casual encounters. Casual yeah. encounters. Yes. Yeah. Very casual. And there was like a, a pretty negative uh, stigma around it because it was kind of like, oh, they're spreading HIV and STDs yeah. and they're, you know, well, getting married, like what having kids. your friend's family was thinking? Like you were on the down low yeah. and you no. were sleeping around. You were a danger now yeah. to their daughter. Well, like, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm like she like, went and got like ST, her, her, like, her mom and dad were like, yeah, you need to go get screened like you told for her one STD and all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, Boom. yeah, but that was kind of the culture. So it's, a, it's definitely a negative thing, I would say. But is it you known? Know? Like if you talk to like a 70 year old black woman, like a, would she know the term down low? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I, I, don't think, know, it, I think it depends no. on who you even yeah. interact yeah, with. So right. I don't know if it's. It's more yeah, of a gay. Know. It's more of a black gay term, I guess. You know, that's like what, yeah. the culture. Because it sounds the same as what he did, Bobby. But yeah, but just <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> like straight curious. Like, like the whole, but... like the whole experience is not exclusive to that. But I think that term yeah. is a little more okay in the black community. I'd say. But I feel like download was actually in Paris is Burning. Oh, also, um, Terry McMillan, because uh, I know she's the author for How Stella Got Her Groove Back. So oh, yeah. that wasn't necessarily a book about uh, a download man, but she's talking about her experience with a man. And in real life, um, her partner at the time, it was later found out that he was interested in men. So people put him in the category of, hey, this individual is down low or he's trying to, like Eric said, probably have these negative things as far as like trying to infect her or do stuff like that. So down low, like you were saying, uh, very negative, like just think a gutter or somebody with negative intentions. So it's like, Hey, it's almost like telling you essentially your intentions. It's like, all right, you are knowingly um, lying to this woman and you are knowingly spreading this. And so that that's kind of the stigma that comes with it. I think the reason why people were not, or people aren't, 
open to sharing or feel safe in those spaces or feel that they, you know, need to date a female or have kids, do all these things to be productive people. I think that fear and those type of reasons are why people are DL. So I think that the act of itself is obviously it's not a good thing. It's not healthy. It's it's not it's not fun for any, for for anyone. But I think the reason why people do it, you know, is kind of, you know, is like a larger issue in the black experience, I guess. So speaking of experience, what is your experience with the gay community as a whole? I think that the gay community itself is really that seems a little clicky. It's very clicky. It's not diverse. Yep. Um, I mean, and if you look at it from ethnicities, like a lot of times, like it seems like it's either white or black. Um, There's not a lot of spaces that, that we kind of co-mingle within that or within our own subcultures, like within the, the black community, I think that there are certain stigmas that we have of, oh, um, this is the trade group of, you know, like this um, hyper masculine um, group or like you have your your film, your your feminine guys. And like, do they necessarily co-mingle with with all spectrums of the um, uh, of the community? I mean, and even looking at it from the transgender side or um, or of or of drag queens, I don't think. Sometimes, like we co-mingle, even though we're supposed to be all inclusive, but I think that we're not. I know there's a lot of times that when I go into um, white spaces, even though it may be a gay place, I feel uncomfortable. The times that I've actually felt embraced in areas of dealing with white gay men has been places that's just been a little bit more exclusive. Like, oh, you paid money to come to this dinner, or you were invited by the mayor to do this. Versus me going to union and you're looking at me like, oh, you are a potential gutter gay, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, um, uh, I sometimes struggle <laughs> with not a gutter gay. Oh, what's a gutter gay? No, I, <laughs> that. that. I like that. That's a term that I got I from need... DC from some of my friends. Uh, but yeah, people who have nothing to lose. I feel like I am a gutter gay. <laughs> no, sweetie. Okay, good. Yeah. I was like, can I? Can I? I want to. I need um, affirmation. You want to be, but I don't think you are. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be, but I wanna, like I'm not. I want to piggyback on what uh, Gino said, just because I know uh, that is definitely like the feeling I was getting too, and I know it's like based off of the societal norms and that hierarchy, um, depending on your different intersections. So it's kind of like in the grand scheme of things if the whole black and white thing or in the grand scheme of things as far as like if you guys are gay are you more masculine these certain things kind of come into play are you a top or bottom and if you're in the lgbtq community are you trans it's like uh the things kind of society looks down upon that comes into play sometimes when it comes to the hierarchy of where people place you or where people kind of look at where to place you or how to look at you so that kind of comes into play when it comes to that that feeling of just kind of like, oh, well, what is what is that about when I'm in a community of just gay men or the LGBTQ community or a space that's for us? And just kind of that feeling comes from that. It's misogyny, too. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the characteristics that are associated with females or effeminate things if those characteristics are maybe embraced or expressed in certain men, I think they're seen as less. So if you are like a bottom or if you, oh. you know, dress in a skirt and heels and you're stealing female stuff or whatever, you know, she's Bobby, canceled. Yeah, we made these shirts that we wore around LA. Called, yeah. It said no, 
Fats a femme. Wait, wait, what is fats that? A, I can't even write it. Fems a must, fats a plus. <laughs> it's because we're used <laughs> so, to seeing no fats, no femmes, and like some people put on their profile like no Asians, no black. Like yeah. you're yes. like we're, we're we're already within this like smaller pool, and then we're like still like sectioning off everything into like. But like you're saying, it's misogyny. It's like fem- right. feminine characteristics are suddenly bad. And transphobia. Like, like, I don't know how anybody who's born a man would, or a male assigned at birth would want yeah. to, you know, I don't know how would they. I, you're not acting like a man, a be a man. It's like, well, yeah. wait a second. Why is that better? Why don't yeah, have to? Yeah, because you know, you're strong, whatever. Yeah, there, there's all these things. I think that is the, like, kind of gets the root of that, too. No fats, you no hear fans. people's parents say that, though. They're like, well, at you're, least. And you hear my, from females. He's I mean, gay, it's, but, it's just, it's he's gay but at least he's not wearing these clothes. At least he doesn't have a wig on. Oh, and that my. becomes highlighted just because it's like, well, uh, he's more masculine. So it kind of yeah, gives you gay. more of a pass, I guess, with some people. Depending. Mask. Like you still play sports, so you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like they still play sports, and they kind of do this, and they yeah. just these things that are associated that society associates with men. So they kind of get a pass depending on who you're asking. Okay, I'm gonna ask this question. I don't know if this, like, I don't know if I'm gonna word it right. So just bear with me. This is a safe space. With it. Do you feel uh, like well, sometimes you could be a novelty to people as far as like oh BBC or what like that kind of thing sexually? Absolutely. Wait, what is it about? <laughs> I have a BBC and perked up. What'd you say? <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah, Exposure. exactly. Jim's and paying I attention. Yeah. Oh, what? Thanks for coming back <laughs> to the uh, conversation. Because I always, I've heard that from other black gay guys. Like, they feel like, and like, when you walk into Union, like, I feel like anybody who walks into Union, I mean, no offense to Union, but like, I feel like I'm a fucking disaster. I'm a gutter gay. Like, you <laughs> <laughs> I do. In, in the gutter. I'm gonna start using that shit. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, it's true. Union's a hard place to walk in if you're anybody, because everybody's trying to be somebody there, and really, it's just, it just shouldn't be that way. Should we walk in and have fun? But what could it's we... trash? So on the apps and stuff, like, do you guys feel like you're a novelty? I mean, how would you like? Can you go into detail oh. on that? Yeah, I think people want to kind of fetishize people, and so I mean, I think that is a thing. I, I mean, if anybody kind of sends. A message about something that kind of comes off that way or if they have like a profile that says oh i prefer asians or i prefer you know black or whatever i just kind of immediately kind of cut them out and so i don't engage so um yeah i think it does happen a lot i think you're seen as like a sexual object in cases and i think that's been an issue with black men in general and i think for black gay men it's obviously still a thing and um and yeah that no that is a thing uh just being treated like a novelty and just when you even think about people saying hey i prefer prefer no asians or i prefer blacks it's just kind of thinking it's kind of going into the realm of what that person thinks that they're going to get as far as an experience so it is bothersome and is it is really troubling for somebody to think that they're going to get the same exact experience every single black man or from every single person that identifies as Asian. Like, oh, OK, they're going to have a big dick. They're going right. to be really aggressive with me. And it's kind of like the things that have been depicted on television or what you see from uh, from the media. So what's being put out there. So if somebody doesn't have that exposure, that could be their reality and that could be true for them. I think the part that annoys me from the fetish uh, standpoint we could be out and yet you don't approach me but then you see me at a bathhouse or you see me on an app and then now that's the time that you want to actually engage with me yeah like you want to be kind of dicked down by a black guy but you also 
say you know blue lives matter so they're they don't always kind of value you as a human and that is i think the biggest problem for me is like you know there's there's more to that than just a fetish or parts what would you say to the gay community as far as coming from a black person's perspective really when it comes down to diversity and i'm not just want to look at it from a black thing i mean from a black gay part i want to look at it from a humanity side and i think once you are exposed to people who are very different than you and have genuine connections and being able to ask pointed questions, but not from, you may sound like you are being naive or ignorant, but if it's coming from a genuine space, I think having those dialogues can be able to break down barriers. Um, And I think in looking at it specifically from the black gays and versus the white gays, I think if, we had more um, community um, and not feeling segregated um, when we actually are walking into these spaces. I think that will probably tear down barriers. And um, also know that it is not necessarily the responsibility of that certain group to more so be the ones to to teach. Uh, Now, you may know somebody who is there and you can have that conversation uh, but since that knowledge is out there, definitely you have to, it has to be like a hunger to want to to get that exposure, to get those answers, to kind of see uh, why these certain things are set up the the way that they are. Like, why is this system in place and how does it trickle down and, and what it's, what is, um, it's like kind of mechanisms of articulation. Like, how is that coming out? What does that look like? Yeah, I think it's important, like what Gino was saying, that like you have to kind of read and like educate yourself and expose yourself and be comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and so I think that for a lot of people, you can kind of stay in your lane. Um, and if you're not kind of forced out of it by some other situation, you kind of, you know, hang around what you're always used to. And so I think, especially if you are not a part of a certain community and you want to, you know, understand more or just, you know, be a little, uh, like increase your kind of cultural uh, I mean, sensitivity, I think that you kind of have to just expose yourself. Definitely exposure. I agree. I would agree with that as well. I think when you get uncomfortable, with a situation and you always grow regardless of, you know, just a conversation. It's, it's that simple sometimes. And people forget about that. I think it's just important. Like we were talking about earlier, is it, and I don't know. We all spoke from our individual experiences. And so you can't, that's one thing, you know, it's an issue, you know, you can't obviously take a few people's views and you can't kind of explain them, it all. Yeah. We're not a homogenous, you know, Damn group. It. <sighs> sorry. Why are we even doing God. that? Right, so you may have to work, work a little harder. You may have right. to be uncomfortable a few more times to yeah. kind of gather more stuff. So I think you know we all just kind of spoke about us, but um, you know, kind of have talk the to conversation with yeah. more people. Yeah, kind of have your own conversations. It's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Hey, it's a lot of information out there, especially in today's age. So definitely be open to like looking for that information. Definitely be open to those conversations if you're if you're able to have them with somebody you know. Um, definitely know that hey uh everybody's experience is different so it may not be like one stroke across the board um and reading is fundamental yes it words is. matter uh, uh, is that a rupaul wow. quote? and black lives reading matter is fundamental <laughs> like, uh, like, she that said that in her show the, i mean just to echo um, what eric uh, just said about reading and i think um how you came up in the beginning talking about our coming out story i'm thinking about the keith boykin book uh, for color boys who have considered suicide when the rainbow is still not enough uh, mm-hmm. coming of age coming out and coming home uh, it was a book about mm-hmm. 
it's about seven, about five or six years ago. And I think that kind of shows like the black experience of, of some people coming out. Um, and then also think about from a literature standpoint, um, you know, going back to our classics, going to James Baldwin or looking at Elon Harris. I read Elon Harris book when I was 17 and it gave me a different perspective of how to kind of navigate through the, through the gay community. And even though it was um, a fiction book, it still was like kind of relevant, but I think in me rereading it right now, it's a book that kind of gives exposure and like how you're asking about down low or some of these words that we still use like shade and trade and, and reading um, is really rel- um, is still present in those books. And just also um, just, just thinking about um, like what Janet Mock said. So uh, when she, her book redefining realness, so she gave her story and in her giving her story, it's not necessarily telling you exactly how you should go about things or exactly how you need to move in your life. It's more so kind of being that inspiration. And so just when it comes to different people's perspectives, uh, just know that it's kind of more so coming from that aspect. And it's not necessarily like, hey, I I got through it this way. I did this way. And just this is my perspective. This is my experience. Uh, but it's not necessarily a blueprint for for you or for this person or for that one. So just if um, if somebody's listening and you are a part of this, uh, this, um, yeah, you are a part of uh, the group of black men and who identify as gay or or in that realm. Just hey, just know that that's what it's for. Since sure. you brought up James Baldwin, I'm not your Negro. Giovanni, you gotta watch it Giovanni's Room Giovanni's oh, Room yeah that one okay. I yeah. wanted more movie night. out of Gini- yeah, Giovanni's Room yeah I did too <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, more of a white just, just no, give me actually... give me more Britney Spears come on now yeah just I mean, a little but he bit was, come on now just, he was going to a, I mean he was tapping into a genre that wasn't necessarily out there and I think he paved the way not just from a black standpoint but just from a gay standpoint what I've learned more than anything is I need to educate myself more. Like, I don't even know what you're talking. Like, I, I want to have a I movie know, night with you guys. We're going to have a yeah. movie night. Let's go through this some more. I want to learn more. Does that sound good? Sweet. Sounds great. Thanks. Thanks. Been, I'm a learner. I am because I just. <laughs> you are. I want to know, but I don't want to offend ever. And I know, like you said, yeah. it's a safe space. But, like, I think I'm a like, like a lot of people. Some people just want to know the answer. And sometimes it's hard just to ask the question. Knowledge sometimes is a privilege. there's not a lot of answers either. Right. Yeah, sometimes sometimes there is yeah. an answer. Right. A little more nuanced, you know. But in general, right. we're all human and we all want the same thing. Right. We yeah. all want to be loved and accepted. And I think we kind of forget that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. we're definitely a lot more alike than we are different Ooh, that's a that's a really good takeaway as far as like hey being able to recognize the not the human in other people so and other groups that are different than yours at different intersections so being able to to just hey recognize that they want the same things i want they want love every, they want uh want safety. security yeah. and safety <laughs> acceptance and they want these similar things that i want so just like being able to bond over the things that are very similar like that do you have any questions for us what's what's one of the biggest misconceptions that you've heard uh about uh, i guess black gay men or or something um that really kind of puzzles you the most i guess i really wanted to know about like the bbc thing and the whole like yeah. fetishizing of who you guys were that was what i was yeah that's huge <laughs> I wanted to know how you guys felt about that just because it's <laughs> didn't mean to like say it. huge. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean that that well. well no pun intended. Did the brain mean it? Did it, <laughs> it was your subconscious? You're like, it's white privilege. 
colonialism. Oh. It's all of it. Just like Gina said, gutter, that was my gutter, thing. Gutter, that was my thing. Gutter, as I wanted, I wanted yeah, to know, <laughs> mine's that was something. Because I think some people we had a daddy episode where yeah. the dad he was talking about like he can't speak for everybody, but for him he likes the term daddy. Some of his friends hate it and they will not respond to it. They but don't want to like, be a daddy. He, so he said, embrace it. He embraces it. So he goes, yeah, I'm daddy. So my question is, is there any time that you would embrace the? sexualized role i wouldn't but i think there's probably some i don't say actually... cock period but uh, I that's that just word. me bbd oh. like big black dick i don't know big yeah. black it just doesn't have no yeah, i mean you can just Fuck say big cock. dick no I'm, i don't know, I don't know. Big well, right i know yeah, yeah i know i don't i'm just so. curious i mean cause... maybe i don't know or i think it's I just a I'm genre sure. on pornhub really <laughs> yeah but some people embrace like some people want a bear right i mean but so I embrace so some, it sometimes, some but I know it's different. Cock. It's totally different. So like, obviously I'm not trying to compare, but like sometimes you have to, you embrace, but I didn't know if that was the same thing or not. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are, are people that might embrace it. I'm not sure. I don't think any of us here do, but I mean, yeah, right, teach again, their own, I guess. Right. Everybody's experience is different, <laughs> really. Very true. Something that kind of can plague, I know, a black gay men is that intersection of being black and being gay. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you get hit with microaggressions from both both angles so uh for instance like if somebody comes up to you they are like hey you're in college um are you an athlete do you play football so it's just kind of like that assumption kind of gets thrown there or um so you kind of get that and then as far as like being gay people from your your family could assume that hey you do x y and z or just because you identify as that so those stereotypes yeah, the, those stereotypes, and it's like it. There's nothing wrong with uh, identifying uh, just to be close to others within that same group, uh, but I, there is definitely something wrong with trying to make a hierarchy off of that. And so, just I know that can be tough, just in general, of thinking about uh, being black and being gay, and kind of what that looks like to navigate. Yeah, I think that humans. I mean, as our brains just kind of organize information, we need to put people in categories. Yeah. That's how we. Right. That's what that's... we do about everything. But I think you have to kind of remember that everyone is human and the categories aren't they're parts of people maybe but they're not they're not people and so um and also just trying to yeah I guess just not get too caught up in that the category is individuality (laughs) (laughs) yeah everybody's the world dead I mean not to bring up that but I just think it's it's one of those things Well, yeah, that's why you have to have kids so that you're not right. You live on forever. Long it came full circle, Jim. Yep, uh, full circle. <laughs> I was actually taught I need therapy by Michael this week. He was, well, you need therapy. I'm like, well, yeah, we all do. So can I give you some feedback? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no. I'm just kidding. He was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. It got really dark in here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. No. I don't know. Maybe this whole like hour and a half. It's kind of like hard to have the conversation. So that's kind of how I feel like, how do you approach with all these different intersections and like, especially a stranger or someone you might just see at a crowded, loud, annoying, clicky bar like Union. <laughs> oh Damn. God, I don't, they're not going to let me in, but we'll, well but yeah, that yeah they'll let bar, you in, but it's Fuck like, it. like no. how do you like see someone and like, you really want to see them and you want to have that conversation, but it's loud. And then it's like. I don't, Do I don't think that's the space to have. It's not. not. And that's the hard part is like we have to break this down and like get rid of this shit. And it just takes time and effort. And, it and if we just keep going to the same place. But that's like I want you to feel embraced when you walk in. So what it, do yeah. we do to help you feel embraced? Is that? 
just listen or yeah, like, just if you're like a bartender, be interested take, and take a black person's order. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, like I there's know. some little, yeah. <laughs> just like, like, just like, okay. I mean, just right. do your job, actually. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just start, start with that. The bartender, be the bartender. <laughs> right. I mean, if people, you know, yeah. Without like, prejudice. It's all okay. green. Without prejudice. <laughs> yeah. and right. And then, like, keep it in mind, too. Like, <laughs> um, just, we were talking about privilege. Did we bring that up? Not I know tonight. I like briefly stepped out. No, not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> that not could a, be a whole other. Not again. God damn it. Not again. But um, we can talk about it. I mean, can if, we? Briefly? Yeah. yeah. Like what uh, it is and what it means to have it and who has mm. it. And well, I realize, have you heard of it before, Bobby? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, re- I don't know. I that's realize really that I. Do you know what? Like, do you realize what you have? What yes. privilege you have? Yes. Oh, okay. Tell me about it. I do, but let's talk about, about it. it. I mean, what do you? So no, and I'm not like I'm just really wondering, it. like, have you? Because it's not a word that a lot. Like, I remember, like, the first time I heard, it, I was like, so that means you have money, like you're rich, like you're privileged. But like, yeah, there's I don't just know. different layers and different types of privilege. And it makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. It's weird. Yeah, because no good. one wants to talk well, because about I, their privilege. I mean, it's I like, guess yeah. I I'm am not privileged. privileged. I've worked for everything I have, and I fight hard for it. And I'm, you know, it's like. It's well, hard no, to I realize think, your own privilege. I think white people has you have to be aware that you do have white privilege. Mm-hmm. You have opportunities or you have privileges that not everyone has. I think you also have to look at it from a male perspective. There's male privilege. There's white all types male of privilege. privilege is yeah. like up there. Um <laughs> and then you have to then from there um there's hierarchies or right. like there's tiers to this. Yeah. But I think as a white male, you have to be aware that you can get away with certain things that other demographics cannot, and that's where the privilege mm. is. Or like when, or when people see you, they assume different things, and when they see other people, they assume different things. Totally and so different I think things. that, um, like yeah, Brandon was saying, like, oh, you're in college, so you're probably an athlete. Like yeah, what it's like, yeah, like so I got straight there. Are you like, playing basketball? I mean, I ran right, track, like, so it kind of no. was a little rough. But <laughs> you're like, I am an athlete. I am but. an athlete, but not basketball. But <laughs> or even if you think about like um, accessibility versus affordability, because I think uh, a lot of people think, well, you have access to this. Well, why can't you? And that affordability piece may not be there. So it's like everybody has access to a million dollar homes. I can see it on Zillow. I can go to this, but that affordability is not there. So that can kind of be another layer that kind of goes in so it's like hey well you have access to it why can't you so that kind of that's an example of where it kind of becomes hard to kind of see at times and it's i think like people get defensive about it like if you ever bring it up with certain people i guess but um they'll be like well you know this is just how i was born like i i don't what do you mean i'm privileged like in shock an absolute shock when you point it out it, and some intention. people refuse to see it. It's like, a little refuse. abstract. And I'm not trying it to say that it's ab- kind yeah. of. I'm not saying that in a condescending no, way, is, but you have to like, it's a little. Oh, it's, yeah, it's more abstract. like a realization. It, it is. It's. It's. Uh, I can see why people get defensive, just because it's like it's almost like somebody. It comes across as like, hey, you're telling me my intention is bad, and that's how uh, some people take it. And so naturally, they get defensive. Like you're telling me. Or you or to say like, hey, you're ignorant of this It's like you're calling me stupid. So as opposed to, hey, you're just not aware of this thing. Um, so it kind of I could see why some people take it as that. And it's just like, hey, you have to recognize and really break down that moment to see, like, where is this coming from? What are they actually saying? So it can be hard to to process and take it in and really kind of think about what's being said when you feel like somebody's attacking your character. I think people take it personally, and I think we have to, you know, understand that these institutions kind of started hundreds, 
of years ago and they've laid the groundwork and so maybe you don't personally today like you didn't create those institutions but you still are responsible to your benefit correct yeah, benefit. yeah like yeah you do have benefits then you're yeah. also responsible to make sure that you're sharing those benefits or that um other people have access to those spaces as well so um yeah, but I think people get really defensive and take things personally. I want to see, Bobby, can you think of an example of some I'm, of your privilege, <laughs> maybe white privilege? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm and, thinking uh, of some out in California, walking around public spaces oh, yeah. where oh, you're I think not about that too now. Yeah, I'm Although not, it is also California. And I was so like, that's not really, really good. It's legal. <laughs> this, I don't know why it makes me so uncomfortable. Let me share a story. I just feel so uncomfortable <laughs> with a that. a little funny story. Right? I was okay. How you were talking about... Um, when the cops came to do your um, investigation Ooh, yes. for the stuff that was stolen, oh, yeah, that. for a for a for us to call the cops, like it is a it's a lot of anxiety that actually is a built yeah. around. Like that it's a because, last resort, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like and then you have and, you, and then you kind of phone a friend and have them there with you almost right. like for real. Like, oh it's crazy. yeah. Wow. And I was yeah, that when I was you like, called me. You're like, some guy stole all this stuff, and I just got in the back of a cop car. I was, I was gonna like, say. so you I just got like in the back fun. of a cop like, car. I was like, oh, he the... was so excited. He sent a selfie. I was like, oh, you're in the back of Let's a cop car. I wasn't know? excited. I wasn't like, well, but I was like, oh wow, I'm in the back of a cop car. I've never been here. But then I didn't think like yeah. that's a privilege just to be able to hop right in the car. Like without that anxious right and not feeling like yeah am I gonna make it out of this alive and then I I am black and I am gay so I have kind of like two strikes against me Mm -hmm. what if this person doesn't like black people and then he doesn't like gay people it's like shit like okay I'm the victim but now I actually might be the suspect or yeah they might assume I'm the suspect right but I'm actually the victim right or they might make you the suspect Central Park 5 anyways you get anxious like I had to protect myself and so it's like it goes back to what Gino was saying of like, all right, do I have somebody else with me here? Do I kind of, I need a witness. Do is my phone charged? Like these simple these things are, that, that you don't really think about. Right. It's like, Oh, that's I don't know I about have. you, but I never no. thought that growing up. I was taught. My parents were like, the cops are great. Look at the cops, walk up to them. They say hi to you. Right. They give you a sticker, a sucker. Like it's wonderful. Ooh, yeah, that conversation so cool. with like we with, see the cop lights and we were like, wow! Seriously, they come in our neighborhood and that conversation is like, that oh, I got shit. personally. I can't speak for everybody, but that conversation I got is like, hey, if you get stopped, make sure you get your stuff out, make sure your hands are visible. It was like, make sure you. It essentially is like, hey, make sure you are not threatening them, even though it's like uh, you have somebody who should be good as far as like judgment. And should be able to make sure uh, that you're right. But then it comes to those moments where you have to have those conversations with your black sons. I mean, just thinking about what you just said <laughs> gave me so it. much anxiety. I mean, my hands are sweating. Thinking, like, like, you have to get everything prepared and, like, <sighs> keep your hands visible. Ooh. Right. Invi- well, and even then, and even then, and even when it's filmed, even when right. the passenger is filming, we still see these clear examples <clears throat> of cops just shooting innocent people. Yeah. And it's like... Okay. And innocent black people. I yeah, it's never that. a white I'm guy that's getting saying, shot. Like, and it's yeah. N- yeah, and it's not just, you know, with law enforcement. It, I mean, I have friends this... that when they're emailing to get an apartment, like their oh, name yeah. sounds like it may not be a colonizer's name. So then like they they literally don't get the apartment. They don't get a email back. But then I might email since I have a name that, you know, is pretty kind of common. In. Yeah, like, I mean, and they don't assume that, uh, like they can't assume a race kind of based on it, I guess. And so there's that. And then, um, you know, I've gone with friends that, you know, when I go to look at apartments, too, I mean, I wouldn't wear sweatpants or a sweatshirt. I would make sure I look, you know, I kind of overdress because I want to 
be kind of less threatening. I don't want them to think that I'm going to do things to their home. There's just all these kind of subconscious things that you do. And it, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of present in every aspect of every day all the time. So and how do you have a moment of peace? Right. Well, I mean, no. like, if you're walking around, are you doing this? When you die and your kids live on yeah. and continue your legacy. Are these <laughs> That's when you're at peace. Are, con- are they that, conscious calculations? Wow. Like, also, for, just for with us, your yeah. voice, yes, too? It's all always, the time. I mean, all even day, like, every day. Shopping, that? buying a car. Like, oh, yeah. If I like, decide- I walked out of Kroger the other day with like a LaCroix pack on the bottom of the cart, and I didn't scan it. Didn't think twice about it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you worry about that? Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That is a wow. real experience. Like what you were saying, as far as like apartments, you even the intersection of being gay, you even try to like, okay, let me right. make sure my voice sounds yep. deeper. Just so uh, these are sometimes things that you try to do t- in order to assimilate and kind of get in as far as like being able to navigate safely. And so as far as like the store, it is always even though I know I have money I know I have a job I know I'm I don't still I don't have a history of stealing I know I pay for this stuff I pay for my stuff I hold my receipt literally I still just get anxious because I'm like okay shit this thing's gonna go off and even though I know I didn't steal anything the perception is and it just becomes so soul crushing because it's like fuck I now I'm perpetuating this for somebody else so somebody's gonna uh, feel like their theory of me or a group that looks like me stealing is a real thing because of this and it's like dang I think even going back my my experience I move kind of frequently because of my job every time I'm looking for an apartment I prefer to email um, and then I actually give like the whole spiel that oh hey I'm in I'm active duty military I'm relocating I have this position and I am interested in this apartment you know so then I've already painted a picture so Yo, when, when you they show actually up. see me or when you like, when you talk to me on the phone like okay well it's a pass because you know you have all these other credentials and that's exhausting. And it yeah. sounds so exhausting. But it, also, it never like, turns feel... off. Still may not matter. <laughs> yeah, it's still you could have matter. all of that, and it still doesn't matter. You know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Or oh sometimes God, you kind of like flip what people horrifying. think, and that's kind of like, intimidating and stuff too. Right I know. Yeah, I that's why like I wanted to talk shit. about it because it's like, like, and, I, and I'm not saying you guys are making me feel like a piece of shit, but I almost like now feel like when what you the realize fuck? what you've walked around with right, your whole life, and it's like. Yeah, like, I'm going to get high in public and just run around and be like, I mean, like, these are things that, and you guys are like, well, I'm clutching my receipts and, like, making sure. <laughs> yes, I'm like, exactly. I'm, like, I'm telling everyone that I'm a, yeah. and I'm like, I'm blackout at Kroger and I'm, like, running out with, like, like that's fine. It's like, wow. Mm, yeah. That's fine for us. That was a really, that's, I mean, that hit home for me. Like, yeah, I'm privileged. Yeah. If you're going out, if you're driving late, if you kind of get anxiety, the later it gets. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, let me make sure I take this road. I don't want to get stopped. And then if I get stopped and I'm by myself, what does that look like? And so that anxiety, definitely moments like that. And it's kind of like, hey, people, you go out, you have fun. You're not really thinking about, all right, well, when I get home, how late is it? What's going on? Uh, what route should I take to get there quickly or safely? Or if your license is expired by nine months and you get pulled over <laughs> and get a verbal warning in Grandview. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Didn't even know. Didn't even know. Verbal warning. Walked away. I was like, okay, bye. Or you may not get a warning. Sometimes it's like, hey, yep. even if it is, it's like something that could be small. You may not get that warning. And so it's like, hey, if it you just... get a warning that 
just yeah. that anxiety before that moment is like, oh. I mean, what? I actually had a friend that got pulled over a couple months ago because he had a broken taillight. And then the cop, you know, said this way, you know, why he pulled him over. But then he's like, oh, have you been smoking? And so even like having like weed and he and I was on the phone because I stayed on the phone during the like encounter and it was like infuriating and it was just like those situations happen when they get put over for something that's unrelated Go from right. and to then have you been smoking yeah and it's like you know why are you assuming that you know yeah, like, is that the same that... line of question that you would ask for for everybody remember when i was in like undergrad i got pulled over it was like maybe five on a friday and it was three black guys in the car and then i got pulled over and i you know they said oh we saw you touch the line kind of you touch center a couple times and stuff and then you know but when they when i came to the window i was like oh well, we're just college students at xavier you know we're on we're on a, our way back and so i said all these things that like make us seem like we were, weren't threatening and yeah and then all that stuff and it's just you have to do those things i don't know that every group has to think about that or has to prove that their humanity is worth something you know and it, it's frustrating because it's like it really is it's just like well no, it's almost kind of like no matter what I do in certain instances, it's like the the perception is still going to be the same. But if you get frustrated, it's like you're still going to be put in this box or if I do this, I'm going to be put in this. So it almost becomes just very stifling at times to to do anything. And so sometimes you'll see people like I know uh, there were a, a string of just like, hey, this black man is murdered. This person got murdered. And it's just like almost like I have to just back away just for my own sanity, just to kind of like take a mental break because it can be exhausting. I think the more like, I guess, intersections you have, I think the worse it gets and the more you have to prove and, and stuff. So I think, you know, yeah, it just kind of compounds. And like the further away you get from a white straight male, like the more Christian. you have to work um, to kind of counteract whatever stereotypes or misconceptions that people have about you probably my my final my final statement white privilege and i think about this current trash box administration um that barack obama cannot get away with half of the stuff that this man is able to actually get away with and i think that that's it's it's just an example of what white privilege is of a mediocre well, yeah, I'm not okay. Right I mean, Barack no, right. Obama, no, right. it was a news story when he wrote a tan suit to a press conference. Or when he used a, a selfie day stick. Long a news story. A selfie stick. stick. He was so He's unprofessional. disrespect in the office. He put his feet on the desk in the Oval Office, just like Reagan did it, JFK did it. There's photos of them. Barack Obama does it. He's disrespecting the office. Look at what Trump does every day. And it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Well, he's kidding. Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, well, he just, uh, he's joking. I'm, yeah, that's yeah. perfect. That is a perfect example of white privilege. So what do you guys think as far as like, if people say like, hey, you're playing the, you're playing like the race card, you, you know, like what are, what are you guys' thoughts as far as like people saying, hey, well, you're just playing the race card in this situation. What are your thoughts as just as far as like that phrase? At my job, I mean, of course, like with the um, Equal Opportunity Month um, and last month being Black History Month, I had a book club um, for in the position I'm in. I am having a book club every month based off of the EO months that that are out there. And last month being the first one um, for Black History, uh, we read the book Just Mercy um, by Brian Stevenson. It's a book and it's also a movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. 
Um, Reading but, is fundamental. <laughs> the book is probably a little better. So read the book and then see the movie. That's correct. So um, the panel, or I guess the book club, it was four individuals. It was myself and a older um, black man and two white men. Um, and in the dynamic, one of, well, one of the individuals was saying, basically saying like he's tired of hearing about, um, you know, are we pulling the race card just because we ask about specific questions or when we feel that we're being targeted, is it always about race? I don't think that's always about race, but as a black man, we are, for me, I'm always on edge. I am always wondering what is this person going to say about me or about my entire race that's going to catch me off guard and so i try not to be off guard because i don't know what you're going to say yeah i definitely think that i experience being black a lot more than i experience you know being gay like it almost is like a afterthought but black is something that i feel like that's just something it's just it's just you're never not I, seen as black, but it's but yeah, to be seen as straight. It's yeah, I mean, I mean and I, you're just walking around. Yeah, so there's there's that too. Yeah, but you aren't ever off. Like, like you said, like it's something that people see yeah. from the jump. People might even hear it in your voice. I mean, in your name, like, and it's it, yeah, it just doesn't ever stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tyrone. Hmm. Hmm. Bobby is shook. Just, yeah, I'm shook. <laughs> shook it. I really am. <laughs> we just gave you three You're going to be thinking I'm about to <laughs> Bring me your wig I'm just, right. I, yeah, I got it over here yeah. near me Fix your edges <laughs> I mean I'm serious <laughs> this was so... Get your shit together I got my comb Literally in 20 minutes you <laughs> Get your toothbrush girl I can't mm. I mean it's just Yes go ahead Thank you guys so much For coming in and, and talking And honestly we should just Continue this conversation Some other I mean like we can continue Some other time I would love to talk again Cool? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, cool. Good. Cool, bro. <laughs> Butch it up. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Everything's great. Hell yeah. And that was the interview. Thank you to the boys for coming. So awesome. It was so good. I really, really appreciate them coming. I don't think they understand how much I appreciate it. Mm-mm. But they will, because I'll hug them every time I see them. I love interesting like, stories. You know, everyone's story is different. It, I like it. It is. I like it a lot. And again, we are a lot more alike than we realize. We that's really true. Are. That's the, that's a, one yeah. of the things I got out of it, and just my white privilege that I need to <sighs> be cognizant of. That giant, giant block of privilege. That you don't even know that you have, really, because... You just don't. Mm-hmm. And then you hear these stories and you're like, wow. Wait a second. We're in the same. Wait a second. We're in the same place, right? Like, this yeah. is like, <laughs> it's two different worlds. Mm-hmm. Ow. Well. Um. So anyway. Before you injure yourself any further. Yeah, we probably should wrap this up, but I do want to say, if you haven't subscribed, I don't know what the fuck your problem is. Please subscribe. Same. Um, please add us on Instagram. Please tag us in things. Write us and tell us what you want us to talk about. Call that line, call whatever the, that number is. Call the number. Call the number, okay? I have it written down somewhere. <laughs> six six nine two something. God, I'm no the wonder worst. no one calls. I know. I'm like nobody. Oh, we do have a caller, but we'll play. Oh. We'll do the Irish episode, which I think is in our next couple like, episodes. I like it. Yeah, our okay. St. Patty's episode. We'll, we'll say the it. Irish episode. Whatever. St. Patty's Same Irish. Thing. We're going to talk all things Irish. Ooh. That'd be kind of fun. We can do a little research and like... I'll look into this. 
things. Do people hate Irish people, though? I mean, like... Yeah. Well, it's fine. We're learning about a bunch of different people, so we'll do... We'll have a leprechaun on. We're Next week, we have next Lucky week Charm. We, we have the Lucky name? Charm leprechaun. Does he have a name? Uh, probably. like Probably something like Rainbow or something. <laughs> Randy. Randy. <laughs> Randy from Chase Visa. Marshmallow Man. <laughs> That's his Tinder account, yeah, Marshmallow he's, Man. He's a little slut. He but I'm is. not slut shaming. He's a little doughboy. Is he chunky? No. Well. They're magically delicious. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. All right. We're well, going to wrap it up. We've fallen off the rails. Yep. We've fully fallen. Um, again, thank you for listening. This is another episode of She's Not Doing So Well. I'm Bobby. I'm Jim. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of She's Not Doing So Well. Leave a message with questions or comments at 669-207-4643. Don't forget to subscribe and check out our links in the podcast description of this episode. Views, information, or opinions expressed during She's Not Doing So Well podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. This has been a House of Breck production.